Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to dive right into it today as we have one of our favorite guests. Jeff Gilbert is the auto reporter for WWJ News Radio 950. I don't know anybody who's more plugged in to the automobile industry more so than Jeff. We've got a ton to talk about. Jeff, how are you? I am doing great. How about you? I'm doing well. Well, let's dive right into it. And I'm real curious, as you're the new president of awards for the North American Car Utility and Truck of the Year Awards, tell us a little bit about that. And we're going to dive into who the winners were. Yeah, the North American Car, Truck, and Utility of the Year is an award given out by 50 journalists. It's been given out for about 25, 30 years now, and it's really the best vehicles of the brand new model year. It's a consensus kind of vote. We essentially all have points to assign to vehicles, and the vehicles with the most points win. I've been on the jury for about 10, 15 years. I've been the treasurer the last three years. And I just became president. And like any volunteer organization, the real qualification is, are you willing to do it? It's not necessarily like there is a highly contested election. It's basically somebody who's willing to serve. And after serving on the board for three years, I thought, hey, I can do that. So we'll find out if I really can. Well, Jeff, knowing you and interviewing you over the years, I know that uh, not only do you love your job, but you get a chance to really dive into these vehicles, not just seeing them and hearing about them, but really getting under the hood, driving them. That's got to be a pretty fun deal with your job. It is. For the last 25 years, I've been able to test drive a lot of vehicles, which is, you know, that's a part of the job that people notice is when you have a different vehicle. It seems the more expensive or the more exotic the vehicle they notice when I, you know, drive an everyday SUV or a small car, people rarely say anything. If I have a BMW convertible, all of a sudden, hey, they notice or a Corvette, something like that. It's only a small part of my job. For WWJ, I do a Friday test drive feature, also for CBS radio, but it's the fun part of the job. And with North American Car Truck and Utility of the Year, you actually get to drive pretty much every new vehicle for a model year. So I have no real expertise. I'm not an engineer. I'm not somebody who can tear a vehicle down, tear an engine down and put it back together again. But I'm a guy who's had a chance to drive a lot of vehicles and can make comparisons and can write about them. Uh Cool thing about our jury is we all have different backgrounds. So it's not just a bunch of gearheads. It's a bunch Mm -hmm. of people who look at vehicles from different points of view. Okay. Well, before I ask you about the 2023 year winners, what's the best vehicle you ever drove? You know, that's always a tough question to ask. Why don't you ask me what the worst vehicle I ever drove was? What's the worst vehicle you ever drove? (laughs) Funny you should ask. There was a vehicle Suzuki made called the Swift. You might remember that. It was a small car. I don't remember that. (laughs) Yeah, this vehicle actually wasn't so swift. It had a manual transmission. It could never find a gear that it liked. And it smelled like rotting fish when I was inside. Other than that, it was perfect. But when you get to vehicles you like, I mean... Who doesn't like a Corvette or a Mm top-of-the-line Mercedes S-Class? But you also look at something like, say, okay, if I was in the market for a vehicle right now, for me, based on my lifestyle, I might buy a midsize SUV. I really like the Chevy Trailblazer when I drove it last year. So, you know, it just depends on your own personal circumstances. All right. What was the car that was the winner? 
Car of the year was the Acura Integra. That was the only gasoline-powered vehicle of the three to win. You know, it's essentially an entry-level Acura, a sporty little car, a lot of fun to drive, and that was probably the tightest competition. We had the Nissan Z car there and the Genesis G80 electric vehicle, so it narrowly beat those two. So before we talk about the utility and the truck of the year, you mentioned the only non-electric vehicle. You know what I find fascinating about the electric vehicles that are coming out? I was one of those apprehensive people. So what I did is I started slow, Jeff. I bought a weed whacker that was electric. Then I bought a chainsaw. And believe it or and not- your neighbors will thank you for both of those. That chainsaw- changed my way of thinking and gave me a more open mind because not only was the performance there, but it did operate in a more quiet manner. And I wonder how many people are like me, you know, just kind of apprehensive and really need to use these products as they dive into thinking about an electric vehicle. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. One, you have to experience it. And two, it has to be right for your life. Three, you have to realize that these are going to improve as time goes by. Remember the first flip phones? Now look at an iPhone. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have technology, it improves quickly. Jeff, from an electric vehicle standpoint, there's been a lot of talk that we don't have the infrastructure, that we don't have the grid for that to have these on a mass quantity. What's your take on that? It's very simple. We don't at this particular point, and that's something that people are working. And unfortunately, you could get to a charging station and find out it's taken or it's broken. We're talking with WWJ News Radio 950 and CBS Auto Reporter Jeff Gilbert. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff about the award winners for utility and truck for the North American Car Utility and Truck of the Year Awards. We'll do that next on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. We're back with Jeff Gilbert, who is the current president of awards for the North American Car Utility and Truck of the Year Awards. We learned what the car was. What's the utility vehicle winner, Jeff? Utility vehicle of the year is a Kia EV6. And the utility category was an interesting one. All three of the finalists were electric vehicles. One of them was a Genesis GV60, which is essentially the upscale version of the Kia EV6. And the other one was a Cadillac Lyric. It also is a luxury vehicle. I think among the three of those, the EV6 one, because it's mass market, because it's a very nice vehicle, and they also have a very fast GT version. Tell us what the Truck of the Year Award winner was. Well, Truck of the Year was probably the easiest one to call because it's had so much publicity. That's the Ford F-150 Lightning. That's a groundbreaking vehicle. It's the first 
mass market electric pickup truck. It does pickup truck duties well. It does EV duties well. It shows the world things that electric vehicles can do, like power a house. And of course, it has a frunk, a front trunk. First pickup truck where you can actually lock a lot of stuff away like we've gotten used to in a sedan's trunk. The other two competitors were good, Chevy Silverado ZR2, but it's a variant of a good pickup truck. And the Lordstown Endurance, which is an EV startup, but that's mostly a fleet vehicle. So this was probably about the easiest call to make, and it was the most overwhelming victory. And that vehicle is the Ford F-150 Lightning. has just been racking up the awards. Jeff, what is it about Ford and the F-150? It has been so long that they seem to have captured the market and also figured out a way how to just build a great truck. Well, first pickup trucks are very popular and they will always tell you, they love to tell you the F-Series is the best selling vehicle in America. But of course, you know, there aren't as many pickup competitors. It's only a smaller slice of the market where you've got dozens of different utilities and sedans, but it's a very good vehicle. It makes a ton of money for Ford. It's a franchise and they like to say the F-150 alone brings in more revenue than Netflix and a number of other companies do on their own. So it's a very nice pickup truck, but pickup trucks are also big profit centers. And that's the same if you're talking about the Chevy Silverado for General Motors or the Ram for Stellantis. So, Jeff, in regards to electric vehicles, let's dive into this for a little bit. Where are we with the technology and where do we need to be before they're mass built and they start bypassing fuel vehicles? Yeah, and that's the important thing that you have to look at when we talk about stretch goals of, well, you know, 50% of all vehicles be electric by 2030. California wants to have all of their vehicles electric by 2030. That is only going to work if there's some breakthroughs. Breakthrough in price, that's one of the biggest things that's a concern because right now the batteries are very expensive. Also, breakthrough in range and breakthrough in recharging. Probably the best you can do is some EVs can give you 10% to 80% charge in a half an hour with a fast charger. That's something you can live with. But the reality is to get most people to want to adopt them, the recharging has to get closer to filling up with a tank of gasoline. So those are all points that automakers are working on, all things that really have to come through before EVs become mass market. I tell people when they say, should I buy an EV? If you're an early adopter, like having the coolest technology and are willing to deal with some hassles, then an EV may be right for you. If you like to have the most user-friendly environment out there and don't want to deal with a lot of hassles, then go with that tried-and-true gasoline technology that's been around for more than a century. You know, Jeff, I've also been learning there are other platforms for recharging stations. I recently read about a natural gas recharging station and that there are studies to other go other ways to create these charging stations. So that's pretty interesting. Well, there are also all sorts of interesting things. But a few years ago, the industry kind of came together and converged and said, okay, the way we're going to head is toward battery electric vehicles. They looked at it. And for car makers, electric vehicles make sense because once they get the costs down, they are much simpler to make. They don't need as many people. You don't need transmission plants. You don't need engine plants. So that's something that the UAW was worried about. The companies say, well, we'll hire these people for battery plants and for other things. But at the end of the day, they're far simpler vehicles and they could be far more reliable vehicles. 
We're talking with Jeff Gilbert from News Radio 950 WWJ and CBS Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff about taxing electric vehicles. He's posted some interesting things to talk about on his Facebook page. We'll do that next here on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly talking with Jeff Gilbert. And I follow Jeff on Twitter as well as Facebook. And Jeff, I saw on a Facebook page, you had something interesting that someone had brought up (laughs) in regards to taxing vehicles and how do you do that? And is it fair? Talk a little bit about that. Right. That's the big question is, all right, we now pay for the roads with a gasoline tax. And uh, many people say that that's a fair tax because... You know, you drive a lot, you buy a lot of gasoline, so you're going to pay more for the roads than somebody who doesn't drive a lot. You have a heavier vehicle, you use a lot of gasoline, so you're going to be damaging the roads more with that heavy vehicle, so pay more. Well, with an electric vehicle, the gas tax doesn't apply to you because you never buy a gallon of gasoline. So it was a group of people who hired Patrick Anderson of the Anderson Economic Group, a well-known Michigan economist, to do a study, and he talked about how much money has been lost, and Michigan state revenues could lose up to $90 million a year in taxes by the next decade. Here's the funny part you referred to on Facebook. He is an EV owner. So as he's giving the press conference in Lansing today, big picture (laughs) window where you can see where his electric vehicle is parked, up comes an enforcement officer who writes him a ticket for illegal parking. Now he swears he paid the meter. So that's, you know, between him and them, we figured, okay, you've already started to pay your fair share for your electric vehicle. Welcome to our world. Microchips have been a big discussion in our nation for so many different platforms. When it comes to vehicles, there's been a lot of discussion. There's been a lot of progress, it seems, about having those manufactured here in the state of Michigan. Tell us what you know about that in regards to the auto industry here in our state, Jeff. Yeah, it's still early. The state had a couple of microchip plant announcements, but the so-called CHIP Act passed last year with several billion dollars worth of microchip investment money. So we're going to see more chips built in the U.S., but we're also seeing other countries following suit, where I just read something that Taiwan just decided to incentivize its industry to build more chips there as well. So seeing competitions, not just between chip makers, but also between companies for this. So we likely will see more chip plants in the U.S., but we may see them elsewhere. And it's still a lot cheaper to build in Taiwan than it is in the U.S. But of course, the risk is when you're moving stuff halfway around the world, supply lines are not as stable as everybody thought they would be. So I think you're going to see more chip manufacturing in the U.S., but you're also with EVs and automation going to see vehicles that need more chips. 
All right, we're more than halfway through January. What stories are you going to be looking for and following first quarter here in 2023, Jeff? Well, first quarter here in Michigan, we want to see what the car makers made so we can find out what profit sharing is for workers for the Detroit three car makers. So that is going to be a big story in the first quarter. And also the UAW election. We have Ray Curry, who is the incumbent UAW president. He did not get a majority the first time around. And there's a challenger. So the two of them are going hot and heavy on a runoff. And that, whoever wins, is going to set the stage for some very important contract talks later this year. Well, as you know, we've had a struggling economy. Many economists think we may be in a recession and see that into 2023. Jeff, tell us what you can about buying a new or used car in this economy and what manufacturers think they're going to see. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch because some of the analysts are now backing off on their projections for sales for this year, and their projections weren't really all that enthusiastic to begin with. But they're concerned that you know the last year we had a supply problem, and this year we could have a demand problem as people get economic jitters. Because if you have the least bit of nervousness about your job, you don't buy big ticket items like cars. Also, cars are very expensive, and car makers with a real really tight inventories were able to get full dollar for their vehicles and they got used to that. So they don't want to do a whole lot of incentives. They don't want to do a whole lot of discounting, but if there's a recession, we could see that. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops as the year goes on. When it comes to reporting on the auto industry, Jeff, where can I get better? Where can we in the media get better in its coverage? It's a very difficult industry to cover, but it's a very fascinating industry. I talk about it like reading a novel. You always wonder what is going to be on the next page because there are so many changes. I would just say for companies, hire more people and make them full-time automotive reporters because a lot of this, you know, you think you know what you know, but then when you get into it, you go, wow, that's different. Okay, I get that. And you know, talk to people at the car companies, talk off the record where you're not doing a story, say, educate me, tell me about this, tell me why you're doing this. That's how I learned a lot of the things I learned. I mean, not necessarily putting a microphone in somebody's face, that's part of the job, but just having a conversation and say, educate me. We've been talking with Jeff Gilbert, who's the auto reporter for WWJ News Radio 950, also CBS Radio. Follow Jeff on Twitter as well as Facebook if you want to know what's going on in the auto industry, especially as it relates to us here in Michigan. Jeff, much respect. I appreciate your time so much, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.